Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. We are in a game week, people. Ladies and gentlemen, hope everyone had a great Labor Day. It is the first episode of the week. It is a Tuesday, and the Bucks have a regular season football game. Woo-hoo! That is exciting. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is SR Scott Reynolds, also at PewterReport.com. Scott, the Bucks are playing Sunday night in prime time, and it feels amazing. How about you? Yeah, it certainly does. This has been a long time coming. This has been a long, tumultuous offseason. We're not going to go through all of the offseason retirements and unretirements and, yeah. <laughs> and and changes you know you've you've kept up on that on pewterreport.com and in our pewter report podcast we're going to get to some pewter predictions and and i think that uh, we've got an action-packed show for you i i feel like matt and it's uh, it only makes sense that that this would be the best pewter report podcast we've ever done i mean why wouldn't it we're kicking off game week here to start the 2022 season so it makes perfect sense that this would be the greatest Peter Report podcast we've ever done. Yeah, the Bucks play the Cowboys this week, a regular season game, a game that matters, ladies and gentlemen. So that's always super important. And if you're drinking an energy drink, the only one that matters is a Celsius energy drink. Of course, Celsius is the title sponsor of the Peter Report podcast, and we love Celsius for multiple different reasons, including the variety of flavors that they have from the sparkling wild berry to the sparkling watermelon so many different flavors and of course the vibes are always high whether it's the arctic vibe tropical vibe or the peach vibe so many fantastic flavors seven essential vitamins and more importantly gives you that fuel that you need to get through your day through a workout whatever obstacle is in your way whatever challenge make sure you're drinking a celsius energy drink go to their store locator on the celsius website find out where there is a celsius located near you or Buy them in bulk. I recommend the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. You buy them on Amazon, have it set up every two, three weeks to your house or apartment. Whatever it is, that's fine. Just make sure you are drinking Celsius Energy Drink, the providing sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Celsius, live fit. Yeah, Matt. Um, I, I was living fit out in Manhattan, Kansas. So I went out there to see my daughter Ellie and and saw the Kansas State Wildcats open the season with a win. And I was drinking Celsius out there too, because why? Because I went to Celsius.com, clicked on the store locator. Uh, you don't have to look far, folks, to find our predictions. I came out with some on pewterreport.com and SR's Fab Five column on Friday. I know it was a busy holiday weekend. Hopefully you all enjoyed some Pirate Republic beer over the, the Labor Day weekend and had some good times. J.C. Allen also came out with 10 bold predictions yesterday. So if you missed those, we'll kind of get to those. And even before that, Matt, we had an, our Pewter Report roundtable, not today's on pewterreport.com, but the one last week. We all put out our predictions of how we think this Buccaneer team is going to do. So let's get to those real quick. And then we've got some exciting news about, about this game coming up. But, but right off the bat, Bailey Adams. Oh, ever the optimist, Bailey Adams. Yeah. 13 and four. He believes that despite a harder schedule and the loss of a couple pro bowlers up front in Ryan Jensen and Ali Marpet, that the Buccaneers are going to be just as good as they were last year, 13 and four. I'm guessing Bailey has them winning the division too. I don't see the New Orleans Saints yeah. being 14 and three uh, with, with that type of prediction from, from the Bucs. You and JC Allen and Casey Hudson and Josh Capo all had the Bucks taking one little step back at 12 and five, understandably, because the Bucks are facing some real challenges on the schedule this year. I'm the negative Nancy, I guess. Yeah, what the six, heck, man? Yeah, <laughs> the I, uh, usually you're pretty optimistic, but 11 yeah. and six. Surprised that people aren't coming with, uh, you know, with angry fists yeah, <laughs> heading the, towards you. The pitchforks and the torches are out yeah. for me. Uh, I will remind everybody that that the Buccaneers won the 2020 Super Bowl with only 11 wins. So, and they didn't win it last year at 13. So it's not what the record is in the regular season. It's once you get to the postseason, what you do, of course, what you do in the regular season matters because you have to get into the postseason. And usually, Matt, the better you are in terms of your regular season, you get those home playoff games. The Bucs didn't really think that was important in 2020. They went on the road to win the Super Bowl in all of those games from Washington to New Orleans to Green Bay before coming home for the Super Bowl in 2020. <laughs> Last year, 
they started off at home. And Matt, how did that how did that end? Well, uh, the the start of the season ended in dramatic fashion by uh, beating the Cowboys, who they are playing this year in the first game of the season That's on right. a late kick. But um, just as dramatic, if not even more dramatic, even though the Bucks had a second home playoff game after trouncing the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Um, again, dramatic fashion, just the way the Bucks went down 27 to three climbed all the way back because when you have Tom Brady, you're never out of it. The defense right. started causing turnovers. Leonard Fournette scored a late touchdown, but with 42 seconds left, Todd Bowles sent the blitz and that sent the Bucks into the off season. Yeah. As Matt Stafford connected with Cooper cup that set up a, uh, Chip shot of a field goal for even Matt Gay, who had his struggles with the Bucs, uh, comes back and haunts the Bucs there. And, um, yeah, I mean, you never know with the playoffs because it seemed like, okay, the Bucs, they're going to beat the Rams. They get over that. They make this comeback. Then they're going to play, you know, the 49ers back in Tampa. They're going to win that and go to the Super Bowl. But we see it from the Green Bay Packers getting the number one seed doesn't always matter because they seems like they drop the ball every single year despite yeah. having a bye or having great games at home. So you never know, but I still lean on the side of it's important to have that home field advantage. The Bucks got lucky. Yeah. 2020, there weren't fans in the, in the arena. So, yeah. you know, those road games, maybe not the Washington one, but the one against the saints and green Bay right. could be a little bit different with fans in the it crowd, but nonetheless, you can't take the super bowl away from the Bucks. It might be, we've got more predictions coming up, but right now we have a super chat from Leo. I always appreciate those super chats Thank from you, Leo. Leo and from everybody else. Brady motivating our O-line by showing them some clips from the media. I think even even the ever-optimist Bailey Adams, uh, Mr. 13-4, and four, wrote an article saying that the Bucks' interior offensive line was a weakness. So maybe a Peter Report article made it into Tom Brady's hands, and he was showing the likes of Robert Hainsey and Luke Gedeke and Shaq Mason and, and all those guys on the offensive line. Uh, as Leo says, shouldn't be hard. Skip Bayless has trashed Hainsey and Luke a dozen times already. Uh, I, I think that it remains to be seen if these guys can hold up to the task. What concerns me, and we'll get more to this tomorrow on tomorrow's show, where we're going to be diving into the Bucks uh, Cowboys preview hard and heavy. Uh, good friend of, of the program, Rick Zoyce, will be here talking about the Cowboys. He is, is a, a Cowboys aficionado. And so he's got the, the breakdown and the lowdown on, on his uh, team, the Dallas Cowboys. So tomorrow we're going to have our Bucks Cowboys game preview with Rick Zoyce, and he'll be coming to us via the podcast, and we're looking forward to that. But to get back to Leo's point, I think that this offensive line is going to be tested by Micah Parsons up the middle, right? I mean, I think that's going to be a real, real key. I want to see this offensive line really establish the run, and I like what the Bucks did in, in both of the preseason games, Matt, that Leonard Fournette came out and played in. And that was a first down run on both of those. So I don't mind first down runs when they go for 10 yards or more. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe we'll see the Buccaneers try to come out, establish the run and, and get those, those uh, Cowboys pass rushers a little winded so they can't get after Tom Brady and try to exploit that interior part of the offensive line for the Buccaneers. Yeah, that's one way to neutralize a, a great pass rush, especially when you're going up against one of the best pass rushers in the game. I, I don't think he surpassed, you know, uh, TJ Watt yet or anyone like that but Micah Parsons of course is a huge problem on any team so one way to neutralize that of course is running the ball and to your point like as dreadful as the run game was in that last preseason game against the Colts even when some of the you know when I guess Hainsey and, and Gedeke the two guys that are going to be under a microscope for yeah. pretty much all of the season while they struggled when like Rashad White was in the game when Leonard Fournette was in there they were running the ball quite well. So I, I do think when you have all the starters in there with Tom Brady being able to command certain things, whether it's throwing the ball quickly, then that can help set up the run. I'm not as I'm certainly skeptical of how the offensive line is going to look because you can only go by so much with Hainsey and Gattaca. You're you're yeah. asking a second year guy and a rookie to, you know, really help solidify this offensive line that of course has a ton of talent around yeah. it. And that's been a the theme of the Bucs are going to run the ball more this season, keep Tom Brady fresh. We'll see how that goes week one. It's crazy with Dallas, and we'll talk about this more in tomorrow's podcast. But going into the opener last year, we were like, oh, the Bucs are going to score like 40 points. You know, yeah. the defense is, is terrible. And then obviously they draft Micah Parsons yeah. and, and Diggs. Dan Quinn did a number pretty quickly, yeah, did he not? Dan Quinn did his yeah. thing. So 
this year it's almost the exact opposite where it's like damn like the cowboys got a good defense but they're hurting on offense so uh might be able to take advantage of them in that situation but yeah definitely get and hainsey as i said they're going to be under a microscope yeah. for not just sunday night but the entire season yeah it doesn't get easier the next week when you're talking about that new orleans saints defensive line either but they're going to get a good battle test here at the beginning. That line, I, I believe, is going to improve as the season goes along. It's not going to be perfect on Sunday night. But one thing that will be perfect on Sunday night is the Celsius Pewter Report tailgate show presented right. by Age Rejuvenation live at Walk-Ons. That's right, folks. We're taking our Pewter pregame show. We're rebranding it, the Celsius Pewter Report tailgate show. And it's going to be live every single Sunday, home or away at Walk-Ons Sports Bistro and Bar. And this week's show, Sunday night, is going to be at the Wesley Chapel location, just down the street from my house. So myself, J.C. Allen, and we're going to have former Bucks tight end John Gilmore. He is going to be joining us all season long as as a guest analyst live at the Walk-Ons. And we're going to be at Walk-Ons Wesley Chapel this Sunday, two hours prior to kickoff. So our show's going to start at 6.30. That's right, 6.30 pregame. And that's going to take you all the way up to Pewter Game Day. That's right, it's back. Live in-game analysis Sunday starting at 8.20. We're going to have Matt Matera. Matt, you're going to be hosting Pewter Game Day this year along with Casey Hudson. That's going to be exciting. We're looking forward to your analysis and, and seeing Casey and, and hearing her analysis during the game, I know you get a little animated. Matt always makes for a great show when when big things happen, like your infamous Jets call last year, which is exciting. So we're really excited that you're going to have this opportunity to host the Peter Game Day show. So that's right, folks. Be with us Sunday on our YouTube channel, Peter Report TV. We're also going to be, be streaming the show on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. But make sure that you, you are logged in and subscribe to our Peter Report TV uh, channel on YouTube and tune in at 6.30 every show, two hours prior to kickoff, and or come see us live out at Walk-Ons as well. We're going to be having some giveaways. If you want to try some Celsius, they're going to be out there. We'll have some Pewter Report swag to give away as well, in addition to Celsius. And then we're going to have Age Rejuvenation uh, on site too, and they're one of our newer, newer sponsors. And we're excited to tell you more about Age Rejuvenation. They have a host of ways to help you guys, and here's one of them. At Age Rejuvenation, we have a lot of interest about erectile dysfunction in men. It's not like my sex life was dormant, but you can always improve. It was having an adverse effect on my marriage and was uh, very happy with the results. We have various treatment programs available to enhance their physical abilities that can improve blood flow and sensitivity. The pulse wave has made it so much better. It's been a significant improvement. The good news was that I heard it from my wife. Stop waiting. Start doing age rejuvenation. That's right. There's retired Buccaneer John Gilmore. He is not only going to be joining us on the Pewter Report tailgate show sponsored by Celsius and presented by Age Rejuvenation. He is also an Age Rejuvenation customer. Guys, if you want to feel better, go to Age Rejuvenation, lose weight, feel great, have better sex. You might have seen Age Rejuvenation as the new sponsor of MyPewterReport.com column, SR's Fab 5. Well, I'm a new Age Rejuvenation customer myself. Thankfully, don't have any issues in the bedroom, but I did turn 50 this year and energy has been a problem. I get tired more often. I understand the whole nap philosophy now because I'm an old man. Well, it turns out I have low testosterone like most men in their 40s and 50s. It's just nature, fellas. Low testosterone affects everything from weight loss to energy to stamina. But now there is a way to fight it. And that's what I'm doing with, with the testosterone therapy at age rejuvenation. I've been doing this now for about a month. I do feel more energy. I, I feel like it's working. And that's, that's a great thing. It's going to keep working for me for the next five months. Visit agerejuvenation.com. For more information or, or to get a, a free consultation, Age Rejuvenation has got five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. Lose weight, feel great, have better sex with Age Rejuvenation. Shout out to Age Rejuvenation. Very excited that they are uh, another sponsor of the podcast. And again, check out SR's Fab Five every single week. Age Rejuvenation will be sponsoring them as well. I just want to say I'm really looking forward to the tailgate show and, of course, the live stream that I'll be on 
Uh, you guys always have great info. And I promise the viewers, I will bring my energy. I will bring my effort. And yeah. uh, you're you know, much younger than me, Matt. You don't, yeah. you don't need a, you don't need age rejuvenation just yet, but you will. Yeah. In time. Uh, shout out to Ben here. Thank you so much for the super chat. So we have another one in there as well that we will get to. If you guys super chat us, we will answer your question right away. So thank you, Ben. He says, uh, please rank this year's offensive weapons versus last year's. Pick your own type of scale to rank them against each other. Okay. This would be solely based on how they look slash looked on paper going into the season. I prefer to use the figure skating score out of 10. So <laughs> okay. I will be giving uh, decimal points. <laughs> okay. All right. With my answers. Uh, well, let's see. A lot. I mean, some is different, of course, but some is the same. So. Uh, I don't know exactly where you want to start. Well, I, what I'm going to say is this. I, I'm going to say Mike Evans is as good as ever. To me, he's a 10. He's a pro bowler, and and, and it's the same as the one last year. Uh, I, I think Chris Godwin is not as healthy as he was. Remember, he had a touchdown catch in week one last year against the Cowboys. I would put him at, at a 7.5 right now, where he was probably a 9.5 last year. Rob Gronkowski no longer here, but I wouldn't be surprised if Julio Jones makes up for some of those catches, especially touchdowns in the red zone. I think he's another big bodied six foot three, 220 pound target down there in the red zone. So I almost think that's a wash just because both those players, well, uh, Gronk's now with 32, 33 and Julio's mm -hmm. 33. Uh, I think Kate Otten's going to be a surprise this year. We'll talk about Cade more in just a minute. Russell Gage, I, I think he can actually be as good, if not better, than an aging Antonio Brown who got hurt last year, then he got suspended, then he just quit on the team. I don't see Russell Gage getting suspended or quitting on the team. Will he get hurt? I don't know. Football's a contact sport, Matt. But I like the prospects of at least Russell Gage having the opportunity due to not quitting on the team and not being suspended that he has a chance to play in more games than Antonio Brown did last year. And if he plays in more games, he's going to be more productive. So I think that's actually an upgrade. I think Lenny is, is Lenny from a year ago. I think Rashad White, who is now the number two running back on the that's depth what chart, I, was thinking. I think he's better than Rojo. So when you look at Tom Brady's weaponry, I like the collective parts and the individual parts a lot better than last year's team. Yeah, I, I think this year's model is maybe not as flashy as it was last year, but that doesn't mean – it's going to hurt. And I think it is a very apples to oranges type of thing. But Antonio Brown's straight out just talent and at his age was like, you know, an 8.5, maybe even like a, a 9.1. But when you factor in AB and the injury history, the suspension, and then leaving the team, when you factor all of that in, his overall production is more like, you know, maybe like a 6.5. So I think having Russell Gage if it's just Russell Gage's talent versus Antonio Brown, Brown's going to win that. But if you talk about Russell Gage's availability, or even if you want to add in Julio Jones and Russell Gage versus Antonio Brown, I'd rather take Gage and, and Jones just for what they can do for this team. Now, Jones, again, it kind of goes back into the injury history, but if he's playing on a pitch count, I don't think he's going to miss as much time. So, Gage and Jones together, I think, is right around that, you know, 8.5, 8.7, you know, type of uh, type of markup there. The tight yeah. end position, and I agree with you full heartedly with, you know, Rashad White in there as the second running back versus Ronald Jones. I mean, that's like a 10 versus a three. Maybe not a 10 because it's a rookie running back. Yeah. But, you know, it's like it's a solid 7.5 versus a 4.5, okay. you know. Is that what the Russian judges said, too? Uh, I haven't checked with them yet. Okay. I'm a, I'm a one man, I'm a one man show over here, uh, in my judging. Yep. Um, yeah. And then the tight end position, listen, there's no replacing Gronk, but you take a sum of all the parts and you get a replacement in Gronk in that sense. I'm very excited about Kate Otten. Uh, Co Keefe obviously can play a little bit of fullback, going to be a lead blocker. That's a new element into this offense that you weren't really going to get with Gronk much last year anyway. And then I, I don't really have my sights set too much on, on Kyle Rudolph. But as you said, with Jones picking up some of the slack in the red zone and Camp Raid has always been a red zone yeah. target, it's not going to add up to the production of Gronk. But I think if you take a little bit of all the talents of the tight ends, it's not a drastic drop as I think some people are really expecting. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. We have another uh, super chat here before we get to our predictions. And actually, folks, it's it's 420. So I'm going to hold on that, that super chat. 
it's not a Monday. We're going to go back to our regularly uh, scheduled programs of Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. That's the typical Pewter Report weekday podcast lineup. But because of the Labor Day holiday, we, we worked yesterday, just didn't do a podcast. So we're doing it today. So we're going to treat it like a Monday, Matt. And why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we give the people what they want, which is roll call. Tell us where you're at, Pewter people. We got awesome fans all over the globe, not just the state, the globe, watching the Pewter Report podcast. We love our people in Tampa, but we also love our people that are watching in the United States, yeah. in other countries. I know we got people in Europe, Brazil, China. We got we got fans all over the place. So start telling us where you're at, where you're watching from. Yeah. And if you sure want to throw in a, a prediction, screen. too, you, you can put the city where you're watching or listening to the podcast as well as a prediction, right? We're not, we're not going to read the the uh, the predictions out there, but you can go on record. You know, we don't mind yeah. that at all. Of course, uh, Xi Jinping from Beijing, we appreciate uh, the Communist China Party leader taking time from his busy schedule to tune into the Pew Report podcast. And we had some uh, Georgia, some L.A., little Tampa love, of course, New York, Illinois. We're all over the place, Matt. We love yeah. it. We love to find out. Uh, we got... Uh, uh, Costa Rica, there you go, Greg. We yeah, shout out, Greg. Us. Yeah, big win for Florida that. State this week. Uh, it was, uh, yes. Kansas State got a win. UCF got a win. Uh, I think everybody but uh, Josh Capo's USF Bulls won this weekend, right? Even yeah, they got won. obliterated. It was, yeah. what, 28? No First of all, that game got delayed so long. Like, it was supposed to be a 4 o'clock game. Yeah, they should have canceled it, like I think, really. So, What's up? Yeah. I think yeah. they should have just canceled it, so. We got Jim out there from Finland. We always appreciate that. Uh, we, always, we love our Tampa Bay area listeners and viewers. We also love, as Matt said, people from around the world, the international mm -hmm. folks as well. Um, See a little so Scotland really appreciate there. that. Yeah. Sean's over here in Wesley Chapel, my neck of the woods. That's where we're going to be at on Sunday. Come out and see us, Sean, for the Pewter Report tailgate show sponsored by Celsius and presented by Age Rejuvenation. Yeah, and another fun thing about walk-ons, too, is that the Wesley Chapel one and the Midtown, while there's obviously similarities, it's the same restaurant, yes. but there's things that are, like, very different about both, too, which I think is exciting because each one makes their own place a little bit more special yes. for you sort of, to go over there. So definitely recommend checking out both because while they are similar, there are some differences, too, that I'd be curious. What, yeah, uh, I, I think Mark Cook would love the mullet, I, I you know. Not growing it out just for Cook, but I, I think he would definitely appreciate it. Kind of going for that 1988 uh, prom look that I had back in the day. I've almost kind of recreated it. So uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Thank you. We'll do a Pewter Report roll call again next Monday. So awesome. We appreciate everybody participating. And let's let's get some of our predictions, Matt, because this is the prediction show. This is where we put it all out, out on the line. I've already gotten crucified for my 11 and six prediction. Hope <laughs> I'm wrong. I mean, I'm not trying to have the Buccaneers lose every week, but right. I just got to look at it the way I see it. And, and I see a much more difficult schedule. I, listen, if Ryan Jensen is the center for this team and I'm not knocking Robert Hainsey, I think Hainsey will be a good center in time, but right off the bat, you're talking about Dan Quinn and the Dallas Cowboys. They know how to attack up front. And even though their defensive tackles aren't anything to write home about, you're going to see Micah Parsons standing right over the, the center of the guards in that A or B gap, and he's going to be bringing some pressure right up the middle, just like Todd Bowles likes to do with Devin White. Then again, you got David Anyamata and, and and Demario Davis with some of those A gap blitzes uh, that are going to test Gedeke and Hainsey right off the bat. So I, th I think losing Ryan Jensen might end up costing this team a win or two in my mind, just because Jensen is an elite center. But we'll see. Let's get to some of the other predictions. So let's start off with, with some of the predictions I had in SR's Fab Five from Friday. Um, Matt, I'm going to throw these out there and get your reaction. Offensive MVP. Well, if it's not Tom Brady, the Bucks might be in trouble, right? I mean, <laughs> it pretty much has to be Tom Brady because this is a wide receiver-driven offense where the quarterback is the trigger man. We've seen what Brady can do. Heck, we even saw what what Jameis Winston can do in the first year under Bruce Arians offense, 5,000 yards, 33 touchdowns. Unfortunately, seven more touchdowns he threw were to the other team, but that was a long time ago. But what we've, <laughs> we've seen Brady do is just be incredibly efficient with 40 and 43 touchdowns in each of the last two years. I think he needs 29 touchdowns this year, if my math is correct. And then he 
he has the the Bucks all time touchdown record. That that's that's an amazing it's, feat for a quarterback who's been there three years. It's mind boggling, and you wonder why people still ask, like, oh, should he be in the Bucks Ring of Honor? Well, it's like, yeah. Besides the fact that he won the Super Bowl, he's not just breaking like all time NFL records, which of course he is when he's played in the league for over yeah. two decades, but he's breaking Bucks franchise records. And it's like, if you don't have the franchise record holder in your Ring of Honor, then like, why do you even really have a, a Ring of Honor? in the first place. So yeah. I, I completely agree with you with Tom Brady. I mean, a lot of the time in the NFL, if your quarterback isn't playing at a high level, you're probably not going anywhere. Yeah. And we I know mean, Tom Brady, you know, plucked this team from obscurity when he chose the box uh, in, in that 2020 season, they went on to win the Super Bowl. So obviously if Brady has another Brady like season, which is what we saw last season where, you know, he led the league in, in touchdowns. He had over 5,000 yards passing, just, Again, just being an aficionado on offense. And I think this year, too, as we talked about with the fact that, you know, teams are going to be playing a lot of zone because they're not going to know how to line up with all these talented receivers once they're fully healthy and on the field together. Yeah. So I think we're going to see a little bit more of like the old school Patriots Brady that we saw with maybe yeah. not as much downfield things, but just methodical, surgical, carving up defenses uh, you know, longer drives and then just the typical splash play that we've seen from the box. But nonetheless, yeah. I think like completions percentage is still going to be very high. And he's going to throw. going to run the ball. I'd be shocked if Brady throws for 5,000 yards this year. I just don't yeah, think, I think they, they want him to drop be, back. Yeah, yeah I think it's, that's might be down a little bit, but that doesn't mean that the team isn't going to be performing well. It's yeah. just how they're going to attack defenses and how they're going to prepare just not to get beat horrifically. Yeah, he's still going to be money in the red zone. I, he'll still put up. 40 plus touchdowns. I, I think that's, that's a given speaking of money. Uh, let's get back to Tony's yeah. super chat. Nine ninety nine. Thanks so much, Tony. We appreciate your super chat teams can't run on us. They're one dimensional yet. Our past defense looks lost. Most of the time is it scheme or talent LFG leaving for Dallas Saturday morning. I, I think it's mostly uh, talent last year. Re remember Pierre Desaire started a couple games. D Delaney started a couple games. Richard Sherman came off the street and started a couple games. This team was without Carlton Davis, their top cornerback, for half the season. Sean Murphy Bunting also missed half the season. Jamel Dean missed a couple games. They're having to play Ross Cockrell in the corner. That didn't work out too well. Ross no, lo no longer even on the team. Yeah. So I, I, I want to say that that with a healthier complement of cornerbacks and another year in the system for those younger players, the Buccaneers are going to be better in the secondary. It's going to be tougher to throw on them. Todd Bowles doesn't care about completions. He just wants you to get off the field on third down. That means stopping the run on first and second down, getting into third and long, which it tips off the defense and they know that a pass is coming. Then go out there and defend it, you know, get some pressure, cause an incompletion and get off the field. That's what this defense is all about. Speaking of defense, Matt, Devin White, I got him as the defensive MVP. He is the quarterback of the defense and another team captain and first time pro bowler. I like what I saw this year, Matt, in the joint practices. It's one thing to do it in practice when you know what the Buccaneers' plays are. But when the Dolphins came to town, and I was up there in Tennessee with Josh Capo, and we're watching Devin White, he is covering tight ends and running backs out of the backfield on pass routes like a blanket. He has shown so much improvement. I think that's the key to him being a complete linebacker this year because he's going to get a handful of sacks with those A-gap blitzes. I think he's taken everything to heart that Larry Foote has said. He wants to be better. I really think this guy is is going to become a true Pro Bowl player this year. What do you think, Matt? I think he's the X factor for this defense, for sure. If they get a 2020 version of Devin White with even better coverage, uh, I think this defense can, without question, be a top five, if not a top three. If Devin... The key is, like, we've seen the strides. It's just maintaining it throughout a season. Like, I don't really yeah. care if he was great in a training camp practice against the Dolphins if it just means he's going to fall for the play action and get carved up by, like, Jameis in week two. So I, while he's proved a lot and taken a big step, I, I do want to see all of that occur in a game. And I think it will. I, I think Devin White, obviously, is a very prideful guy. He's a team captain for a reason. Like, he obviously cares and wants to do, you know, 
the best for his teammates around him, let alone himself. He's still going to be flying around everywhere. And I do think his, his coverage has improved, but we kind of said that last year in training camp as well, and never truly came to fruition during the season. So I do think he can take that step for everything that you said with Larry foot in there as the inside linebackers coach. Yeah. I think for me personally, and I think part of it is because he's coming off an injury, but if I'm taking a bucks, uh, MVP, I was thinking about Joe Trianchenko a little bit, but I think I would have to go with Levante David because I think mm-hmm. a fully healthy Levante David that gets back to creating turnovers, as we talked about, that's going to be the difference for the Bucks defense that we kind of missed last year. That's it's like point. the timely takeaways, the big turnovers. And Levante, even with not making too many splash plays, was still in there, you know, trying to get that ball out. And with the yeah. secondary that well, drops he, it, he, he did in the Rams game, the playing at 60% with that that bum wheel that he had. Yeah. He still caused a huge fumble. And, and that was a, one of the key turnovers during the Bucks' failed comeback attempt against the Rams. But I, I'm with you. I, I think if, if Levante David can come back, and it's funny, when I was flying out to Kansas on um, on Thursday night, I ran into Levante at the airport, and you know he he just has it in his eye, man. He he's healthy. He's in a contract year. He wants to prove, like Tom Brady, that he's an he's an old man, not as old as Brady, but he's he's older, especially for a linebacker. You got to run around. You need that speed that he can still play. One thing that we saw from Levante David was the instincts were as sharp as ever and and where the mind led, the body followed. He came up with two red zone interceptions on Tom Brady in practice. Yeah. A, Tom Brady does not throw interceptions in practice. B, if they happen, they're not in the red zone where he has yet to throw an interception in a regular season game in Tampa. He has not thrown a red zone interception. That's amazing. Plus, he's throwing a bunch of touchdowns. But that's where Levante David shows up. He is... He is a spark plug for this this defense, and he even came out and said at the end of his end of the season press conference, he was not the splashy player last year he wanted to be. He wants to get back to that standard and prove to this team he's still deserving of a contract. He's not done playing football yet. He still has a lot of, of good plays left in him. Special teams uh, MVP, you know, you kind of have to give it to Ryan Suckup by default, <laughs> right? Agreed. You got, you got Rashad White, who if you if you hadn't read PeterReport.com's Bailey Adams, he's got a new article up that details the new depth chart. And Rashad White is going to be the kick returner, taking those duties away from Jalen Darden. But Jalen Darden will be the punt returner for this team. So you've got a, a rookie kick returner, a second-year punt return guy who's kind of unproven. Then you've got a rookie punter and Jake Camarda. you got the old man, Ryan Suckup who beat out Jose Borgales for the kicking duties. So isn't it kind of his MVP by default, unless he just misses a bunch of kicks? Yeah. The only thing that could change that is one, if Jake Camarda, you know, all of a sudden turns into Ray guy, (laughs) who's the hall of fame punter in the NFL, Uh, you know, optimistic for, for Camarda, but not hall of fame level as a rookie. The other thing that could really throw a whole wrench into it is, if someone turns into Grant Stewart this year and becomes like a huge special teams ace that is getting all these tackles or being the first gunner down there that is is able to pin the ball deep on some yep. of the Camarda punts, that could throw it if we're just talking about strictly winning the MVPs. And then you mentioned the returners. I would almost rather Darden and White like flip-flop and rather have White as the punt returner and Darden as the, the kick, kick returner. returner. And I, I just think it's because... Darden, I can't go through another season of him like automatically slipping as right. soon as he as soon as he gets the ball. Where yeah. Rashad is going to have that vision of being a running back that has to find the hole in the first place. And I just feel at this point in today's NFL, the punt return is a little bit more important than the kick return because half the time they just kick the ball out of bounds on the kickoff anyway. You get a touchback and yeah. you're starting at the 25. Where punt return, depending on where you are on the field, you can flip a game like a lot quicker with with a right. better return. And I just think I'd rather go with someone that I kind of feel like what we see in Darden is what we're going to get as a returner. I don't see a huge ceiling for improvement there. If he proves me wrong, that's awesome. Hats off to him. But I'd rather go with White, who, again, is still unproven. He had a good kick return. Uh, I believe it was the the Tennessee game. Yeah, 33 yards. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I just I'd rather tap into that potential just a little bit more. See if anything's there. And then. 
If it doesn't go to plan, just go back to Darden as, as the punt return. And no yeah. harm, no foul. I, I hear what you're saying, Matt. I'm reading through the lines. You're talking about tap, and you're you're saying that Darden drives you to drink. Well, folks, <laughs> if, if you're going to drink a beer, make it Peter Report's official beer, which is Pirate Republic. That's right. Brewed in the Bahamas. Listen, you guys love your football team that are nothing but pirates. That makes you a pirate, too. So why don't you drink pirate beer? That's right. Peter Report's. Official beer, Pirate Republic, has got three amazing beers to choose from here in the Tampa Bay area and spreading all across the state of Florida. The Long John Pilsner, the Take No Quarter IPA, and the Golden Haze of Piracy. Uh, folks, make sure that you stock up on Pirate Republic before kickoff. This is a big football weekend with Thursday night football kicking off between the Rams and the Bills. Then you've got college football Saturday and, of course, your Bucks play Sunday night football. So, this is the time this week to stock up on the Pirate Republic beer. Let's talk real quick about the Take No Quarter IPA. Folks, I am not an IPA fan whatsoever, but this IPA has changed my mind. Matter of fact, it's the only IPA I, only IPA I like, but uh, part of the reason it packs a punch, 7.2% ABV. It's their flagship IPA. Vien Vienna and Caramel Malts provide a rich backbone as Amarillo Centennial and Cascade Hops come to the forefront Citrus, pine, grapefruit flavors bring out the taste. It's dry hopped with Pacific Jade to add notes of blackberry and pepper for aroma. Folks, it's as good as it sounds. So where can you find Pirate Republic, the official beer of Peter Report? Well, you can find them at participating Total Wine & More, ABC Liquors, Lucan's Liquors, and Party Liquors in the Tampa Bay area. Drink like a pirate. Live life on your own terms with Pirate Republic. And... Uh to our pewter people out there, if uh, if you're drinking Pirate Republic on the weekend, whatever it may be, send us a tweet showing that you're uh, having yeah. some Pirate Republic. We love when the fans uh, send us pictures of love when the they're using our products. We love interacting with the fans. Yeah. So if you're doing well, that. Just speaking so. of pirates, let's talk about the pewter Pro Bowl pirates here. Let's the, the names that I have. The Bucks had nine a record nine pewter pirates in the pro bowl last year, right? Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Tristan Wirps, Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett, Devin White, Antoine Winfield. All of those guys were in the pro bowl last year, not playing in the game per se, but they had pro bowl honors either due to the fact they were voted in or they were injury replacements. But the two guys that aren't on the list this year, uh, one is Ryan Jensen, who's on IR. <clears throat> the other is Ali Marpetti who retired. Any of those names, Matt, that I put up there in, in my predictions that you disagree with? Do you think that all seven make it? You add another player or two that I don't have on my list? Yeah, I don't really have any disagreements with anyone that you have on the list. I mean, they've all been perennial Pro Bowlers and have all made the Pro Bowl with the Bucs. I mean, Mike Evans has been there for years now. Uh, Shaq Barrett's been there two out of the three years he's been with the Bucs. Devin White, again, flashy player that the people like. He had a down year, and he still made the Pro Bowl. Yeah. And Antoine Winfield Jr. making his first last year, now he's getting to that consideration of, okay, he made a Pro Bowl. Now he should be considered for All-Pro, and we'll see how that yeah. goes, especially with him playing more as a nickel. Uh, really only like two guys that I would also consider putting on this list, and obviously a couple things have to bounce their way. But, of course, one of them I already mentioned, Levante David. I think if he gets back to playing at the caliber of guy that he is, I mean, we saw – former Bucks and, and Bucks fans getting angry that Levante David wasn't on the top 100 NFL players. I think the more that people knock on the door for Levante David, if he has another good season, that could, uh, you know, catapult into a, a Pro Bowl selection. And then you mentioned a lot of the offensive linemen not going to be back in the Pro Bowl this year because of Ryan Jensen being injured and Ali Marpet retiring. What yeah. about Donovan Smith? I mean, we've said a little bit uh, you know, we said for a little while on this show yeah. that Donovan I think he's Smith, a Pro Bowl caliber player. I yeah, really Pro do. Bowl caliber yeah. player. Obviously, a lot of it, the voting, you know, takes place. But if the Bucks have a season where Tom Brady isn't getting hit a ton, given all the, you know, the, the drama with the offensive line we've talked about with with Hainsey and Gedeke, you know, if, if he's relatively upright and keeping his, his jersey clean. People already know Tristan Wirfs, but they're gonna they're gonna point to Donovan Smith and say, "Hey, yeah. this guy deserves some credit too." You know, he's he's blocking his blind side, and Tom Brady's having just as good of a year with a less talented offensive line. Let's let's give Donovan Smith some credit. I know yeah. there's other great tackles in the NFC, and that's mostly been the battle for Donovan Smith in terms yeah. of. Well, and with Tyron Smith not being available for the Cowboys, that takes him out of consideration. He was yeah. a multi-year Pro Bowler as well. 
Rounding out my pewter predictions, I've got uh, the leading sacker, Shaq Barrett. Uh, you agree with that, Matt, or you think that somebody else uh, rests the crown away from Shaq, who led the team last year with 10 in route to his second Pro Bowl season? I think Shaq's going to get it. I think Joe Tryon-Shoenka is going to be breathing down his neck, yeah. uh, getting getting close to Shaq. And I wouldn't be surprised if Devin White, while his main responsibility isn't just going to be sacks, I do see his sack number jumping up to kind of where it was around the 2020 yeah. season when he, I believe he had nine and a half. And if he didn't get COVID, would have got double-digit sacks. I see Devin kind of being in that in the running for that competition yeah. as well. Exactly. I got Mike Edwards as the leading interceptor. Edwards has got five interceptions in the last two years combined, three of which led the team last year. You know, he had two in one game, both of which were pick sixes in the week two win at Tampa Bay against the Falcons. And and Edwards was the NFC defensive player of the of the week award for yeah. that week. And now with more playing time, he was a part-time player, and, and and I wrote about it over the holiday weekend. If you have a chance, read that Mike Edwards article. Really good stuff from Edwards. He said he has not dropped an interception since his rookie season against the Giants when he did drop one that would have been a pick six. He said, I'm just not going to do it. He's got the most reliable hands on the team. We know that Carlton Davis struggles to catch the ball. So does Jamel Dean. Mm -hmm. Both those guys that they could hang on to the ball would be in the Pro Bowl. But – that's a numbers game, right, for those cornerbacks. So I, I think Edwards, just based on more playing time, I think that he's going to win this again. He's just a ball hawk that's in the right place at the right time. I would put him as the best odds just based on process of elimination, as you said, that the Bucks secondary has so many issues with dropping other passes. Like, okay, well, all you have to do is catch three, and you're probably good to go and to be the leader. I wouldn't, it would not shock me if, if Antoine Winfield Jr. is in the mix there too. He obviously had the most athletic interception last year when he jumped over uh, Michael Pittman to, yeah, uh, lost him. <laughs> yeah, when he lost him there. Yeah. And then moving to the slot, obviously that changes things where, yeah. you know, sometimes a tip ball at the line of scrimmage, he'd be more, you know, apparent there to, to get the interception. We mm -hmm. saw Sean Murphy bunting when he went on his, his interception run in the playoffs. Some of that was just the, the beneficiary of like a pass that was a little behind or whatever yeah. the case was. So I'd like to see if Antoine Winfield Jr. can kind of take advantage of those type of situations where a little more inaccurate passes that aren't like 10, 15 yards down the field that, you know, as a safety, he'd be able to get to. But now playing yeah. the slot role, uh, I put him as, as an opportunity as a, a guy with an opportunity there to, mm -hmm. to lead the team. Also, not totally sure. We'll have to see how much. Logan Ryan and, and Keanu Neal, like what specifically their role is going to be in this yep. defense. We obviously know that they'll be playing and, and, and get on the field, but I think Ryan, depending on how specifically he's utilized, and I'm sure it'll change game by game. I would put him as a dark horse to, mm -hmm. to potentially lead the team. Obviously uh, he bases his game or, you know, one of his idols was Rondé Barber and Rondé right. did a pretty good job of taking the ball away. So yeah. I'm sure that's something that, uh, you know, he wants to put as a feather in his cap as well. Yeah. I saw Rondé uh, over the weekend out of Kansas state. His... Yeah. You saw everyone this week. I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Rondé, Rondé was out of K state. His daughter justice dates RJ Garcia, who is a, Richard freshman wide receiver for the Wildcats played at Berkeley prep here in Tampa. And I coached RJ and pop Warner football, South Pasco predators. And he had a nice 17 yard catch. So it was cool to catch up with Rondé. He's very high on this Buccaneer team. High on Logan Ryan, as you mentioned. Also too, shout out to Wade Wood as another South Pasco yeah. predator kid that I coached. So proud of Wade last night, backup linebacker, number 17, for the Clemson Tigers blocked a punt in his first game. He is a true freshman linebacker for the Clemson Tigers. And he played last year at Jesuit, helping them win the state championship next to Troy Bowles, Todd Bowles' son. Troy is going to Georgia next year. So uh, the South Pasco Predators uh, had a really good weekend. And Rocco Beck, who is Anthony Beck's son. I coached him for one year with the South Pasco Predators. He, he was part of our team and our quarterback. He was a quarterback at Wiregrass Ranch High School, got recruited by Iowa State, and actually got on the field as a true freshman in mop-up time and threw a pass or two. So all three of those kids that I coached now playing D1 ball, and it's so cool to see them all get on the field this weekend and have some success. Uh, obviously, I like RJ the best because he chose wisely went to Kansas State 
and helped us win 34 to nothing. But speaking of receivers, Chris Godwin, leading receiver, why wouldn't he be the leading wide receiver? Didn't even finish the year. Only played in, what, 13 out of the 14 games, maybe 13 uh, games in a quarter. And he still led the team with catches and yards. Even Mike Evans couldn't catch him. Do you see that playing out this year? We know Mike's going to get the touchdown receptions. We're not talking about TD receivers. We're talking about uh, catches and yards. I think Chris Godwin, by nature of the slot position, he's going to get that that spot, is he not? If Chris Godwin shows no ill effects from you know recovering from his, his ACL injury, and that's a huge if, obviously. Uh, anyone that didn't see the video, we we put out a video on Pewter Report TV of Chris Godwin yeah. warming up, testing out that knee in pretty much every single way possible. With no brace. Knee brace on. Yeah. No brace. Very, very important. That was some of the big news to come out of uh, Monday's Labor Day practice. If he has no ill effects from those injuries and he plays week one, then yeah, he will re- he will lead the team uh, in catches this season. I just I don't fully think just based on his his interview uh, that he did on a podcast recently, yeah. based on some of Todd Bowles' answers. Um, he's not a lock to play, right? He's not a lock to play on he, Sunday. He's night. not a lock to play. And Scott, as, as you've mentioned on this show, that Godwin could very much be on a pitch count. For that first game of the season, I think it could be even more than just the first game of the season. So if he's on a pitch count for a little bit, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't bet on him to be like the the number one, uh, you know, receiver in terms of making catches on the team this year. I think I would kind of lean towards Russell Gage that will Mm -hmm. take that Chris Godwin role if Chris Godwin's not in there. We know what Mike's going to do. Obviously, the best red zone target in the history of, of. Tampa Bay Buccaneers football. So like Mike's going to do his thing, but obviously defenses, they'll put the number one guy on Mike. He gets doubled all the time. That's why you see the stats. Like right. when he finally gets single coverage, he like he dominates everyone. Yeah. He just, he never gets it. So yeah. in that case, I really, I think it could be Russell Gage just based on the, the injury factor when it comes to Chris Godwin. Yeah, I agree. And we're sticking with the offense for the best rookie. Now, Luke Gedeke has got the most opportunity because he is a starter. He's going to play, more than any rookie is going to play. But I don't know that Gedeke is going to have that Ali Marpet rookie season where you're like, wow, this right. guy's an up-and-comer. I think it might take a little bit longer for Gedeke to be good. But I think Kate Otten, given the fact that his only competition ahead of him on that tight end depth chart is Cam Brait, who has looked like the best tight end at times at age 31, and then Kyle Rudolph, who has not impressed me. I am not impressed with Kyle Rudolph's ability to – get open. He can't separate. He he doesn't. There's no yards after the catch. He doesn't do a great job of catching the ball cleanly. I think that he was brought in really to be a blocking tight end and help in that aspect to kind of pick up some slack from Rob, Rob Gronkowski's departure. But when you look at, at Kate Otten, this guy is, is a better blocker than they expected from a technical standpoint. He's tenacious. He's got very good hands. He's already developed a rapport with Tom Brady. I think Sooner rather than later, he becomes the starting tight end this year based upon the fact that the guys ahead of them aren't superstars by any means. I think that he can rise up the depth chart in time. Not sure if it's going to happen in the first quarter or the first half of the season, but I think Otten becomes a guy that's that's going to see some favorable matchups because he's going to be on the field with Mike and Chris and Russell and Julio, and teams are going to forget about him, just like they forget about Cam Brate when he's out there. He definitely has a huge window of opportunity to earn a starting role, which of course would be a big deal. And you mentioned Gedeke is is going to be, uh, you know, he, he's the first guy to really get get that opportunity. Remember, he's coming from like a small school in Central Michigan, so like that's a big jump going from Central Michigan to the NFL. Uh, not many people were totally betting on him, so he's kind of like an underdog, I guess you could yeah. say. And speaking of underdog, you have until Thursday to enter Best Ball Mania three where you can win up to $10 million in prizes. I believe the first place winner gets $2 million. Uh, so still a pretty nice chunk of change there. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. You draft your team with no in-season management, get the optimal score each week of the season, and have a shot at that $10 million in total prize money. Head over to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store now and sign up with the promo code Pewter. And Underdog Fantasy is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Again, use the promo code Pewter 
and sign up and get your deposit match up to $100. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you can understand that. And on top of that, even when Best Ball Mania 3 is done, again, get your picks in by Thursday, you also have the pickums all That's season right. long. They've been doing Love it. Love the pickums. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. They've been doing it for the preseason. Of course, they're going to be doing it all for the regular season. Uh, you can either pick a head-to-head or an over-under. Head-to-head, of course, is you pick one player over the other that are battling each other in a matchup. Um, but it's the easiest way to get some action on the NFL with the underdog fantasy pickums. You pick an over-under or your favorite or least favorite player stats. You went up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players. So the only thing is you got to pick at least two. You can pick from two all the way up to five. Fill out your pick em slip, and if you get every single one right, you go home with some cold, hard cash. So one more time, use the promo code PEWTER and get your first deposit matched up to $100. I am also looking for about one more person to join my Peter Report Underdog Fantasy League. If you guys want to uh, go up against me, just uh, hit my email up at matt.peterreport.com. We'd love to have you. A lot of trash, trash talking going on all season long. Yeah. And, of course, uh, you know, you pick your team, you set it and forget it. So yeah, I'm going to be doing my draft tomorrow night, and I'll be sending out an email uh, later tonight with the details on that. So if you've emailed me, Stay tuned for that email, and we'll do the draft tomorrow night, probably around 8 o'clock Eastern time. Getting back to the predictions uh, real quick, and then we're going to get the JCs. We'll go through JCs really fast here. But but uh, best free agent acquisition, a lot of guys to choose from. I picked Akeem Hicks. I think that he's more athletic than Adamic and Sue. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to help not just on the run game, but also in the pass rush. And if you haven't had a chance to go to Peter Report TV, which is our YouTube channel, go there and watch Josh Capo's breakdown of Hicks. He did a great job over the weekend. And it really shows you how different this guy is from Sue. Do you like this selection of Hicks or is there another free agent acquisition that you think might be a better one? I really like the selection. I, I absolutely do. I have no problems with it. If I was just picking one though, I'd probably... Just in my opinion, I would just go with Russell Gage. I just love that he's an insurance policy. If Chris Godwin is not there, I love what he can do with this team. If Chris Godwin is there, I think Julio Jones is good stuff, Matt. I agree. Prob- probably just this season. You know, I wouldn't yeah. really expect anything else from Julio Jones besides this season. So I think Russell Gage, for the long term effect that he's going to have with this team, uh, Gage would be my guy. I think Hicks is going to be great, but you also already have Vita Vea down there, and Logan Hall is going to have. An impact. I'm not trying to, you know, knock down the pick of, right, right. of Keem Hicks. I think he's going to be great. I just think, again, injury history, you you have to factor that in with him. And yep. Gage, the more weapons you can get to Tom Brady, the better. So I think mm-hmm. absolutely he's going to be a huge factor for the Bucks. I agree. A couple questions real quick. Tony Saylor, PR going to Dallas to cover the game. Yes, Bailey Adams will be going to Dallas as our on-location reporter. Uh, I will be at the, uh, the Wesley Chapel walk-ons for the Celsius Peter Report tailgate show. And that is going to be this Sunday at the Wesley Chapel location. I'll be there with JC Allen and also with, with uh, John Gilmore, our, um, our ACE reporter, former player out there as well. So I'll be there. Matt's going to be with Casey Hudson doing pewter game day. And that starts at 8 20 PM on Sunday, right after our tailgate show. So just start tuning in at 6 30 on Sunday, and we'll take you all the way up to and through the game, and we're looking forward to that. That's going to be some good stuff on Sunday. So Bailey Adams will be in Dallas along with Cliff Welch. Had another question, too. This one was from Mark Fisher. Hard to cross the middle after that injury. How do they put it behind him? Guys like Godwin, it just taken that first hit, right? That's something even Todd Bowles talked about. you got to take that hit, and you got to realize you can get up, and you didn't blow your knee out again, and everything's fine, and everything's right with the world and carry on. So I think that's the only way to to play through it is to play through it. And and that's that's what Chris Godwin's going to have to to deal with in week 1 if he comes back then or if it is in week 2 against the Saints. Most improved offense and defensive players. These were kind of easy. Robert Hainsey, he's got no choice but to improve, right? I mean, yeah. this guy didn't play last year. <laughs> so I, I don't know if there's any other player that has as much room to grow that was here a year ago as Robert Hainsey. He better be in most improved by the end of this uh, season. Otherwise, the Bucks are in trouble. 
Most improved on defense, Joe Tryon Shoenka, again, a player that has so much potential, so much promise, so much athletic ability with more playing time and a year under his belt. Matt, it's hard to see this guy and Shaq Barrett not being bookends. What do you think about Hansey and, and JTS? Yeah, I, I'm completely with you, especially for Hainsey. Like on, on the offensive side of the ball, it's like, well, how much better can Mike Evans really get? And, you know, uh, with some of those guys. And I think anyone else that's in the running for that competition just wouldn't get enough playing time. Like immediately I was thinking, oh, Keyshawn Vaughn had a pretty good preseason. But Keyshawn Vaughn's not going to be getting yeah. snaps in a game unless it's it's garbage time or something happens to Leonard Fournette and, right. and Rashad White. So I, I completely agree with you there. It has to be Hainsey kind of like by default. Uh, for outside linebacker, I'm extremely excited with Shaq and JTS. I just yeah. think, as you said, bookend, absolutely going to be a nightmare for opposing quarterbacks. As far as most improved, JTS is definitely a candidate, and I wouldn't really argue against that. The only play, other players I would throw out there, again, Devin White, as we talked about, subpar season last year. If he mm -hmm. becomes superstar Devin White, you could make the argument for him. I also think, if we live in a crazy world where the Bucks defensive backs finally start intercepting the ball instead right. of getting those PBUs, I think you can make a case for even Carlton Davis as much mm -hmm. as he's been a shutdown guy. If he gets those interceptions and gets a Pro Bowl nod or an All-Pro consideration, you can make the case for him. Same with Jamel Dean, who's yeah. just in, in the same camp of hold on to the damn ball, man. But exactly. I think if they start getting some more picks, you could argue that they could be most of we're going to go through JC's, uh, JC Allen's 10 bold predictions for the Bucks. Rapid fire. We're just going to kind of give you our thoughts, yes or no, if we agree with them. Julio Jones gets 10 touchdown receptions this year. I don't see that number happening. I'd say maybe five would be an ideal number, but I just don't think he's going to get targeted that many times in the red zone. I think teams are going to try to take Julio away. Yeah, I was going to say six or seven. There's just so many options for the box, so many different ways that they can score. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not easy. Devin White, all pro season. He's going to be not just an all pro this year, not just a pro bowler, but he's going to finish third in defensive player of the year honors. I don't know if Devin's going to make that leap this year. I think another return to the pro bowl, maybe one where he's more deserving is, is in the offering. But an all-pro and a defensive player of the year, I wouldn't rule it out, but I wouldn't forecast it either, Matt. What say you? I think he's got a chance with the popularity vote. I mean, we saw guys like Diggs, the corner for the for the Cowboys. like He got a lot of accolades because he got a lot of interceptions, but people turned a blind eye to the fact that he would get cooked a lot too. So I yeah. think the popularity vote might help him out. I'm not ready to say all-pro or third in defensive player of the year, but uh, you know they're bold for a reason, right? That's right. Another <laughs> bold prediction was the Bucks defense leading the NFL in sacks with 50 plus. You know, they have only they've only gotten over 50 sacks one time. That was 55 sacks, which is the team record. And that was in, I believe, 2000. Warren Sapp had 16 and a half of those. So I, I, I think 50 is doable. But boy, the Pittsburgh Steelers always seem to lead the league in sacks. I don't know if the Bucs are going to lead the league in sacks, but I say they get 50. They had, what, 47 last year and 48 the year before, 47 in Todd Bowles' first season. So, yeah, I, I could see them get 50. Yeah, we'll have to see with the Steelers this year, too, because they obviously have a huge change uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So if they're down a lot more, then opponents won't have to pass it as much against that pass rush. I totally think 50 is in the cards for the Bucs, though. I just, from Shaq and JTS to running more stunts up front, getting quicker on the defensive line, and then, you know, Todd Bowles, crazy, chaotic blitzing schemes and sending Levante and Devin there. I absolutely think 50 is is well within reason for this team. I do not necessarily think that this next bold prediction is going to happen. Jalen Darden scores a touchdown yeah. on a return. I mean, just getting a return over 15 yards would be, you know, a, a pretty bold statement for the Bucks yeah. return team. I don't think I it's going to happen. I don't think the Bucks punt return game is that good. Carlton Davis becomes a Pro Bowl cornerback. Um, I, I'm not going to throw shade at Carlton, but I, I think that he drops too many interceptions still until he shows he can catch him. I, I don't think he is a Pro Bowl caliber cornerback just quite yet. 
I think he is. I think he's got all the makings of a guy that, and we've seen this with the Bucs, you just put them on the opponent's uh, best receiver, and that's what Carlton's been doing for this team. It's just been a matter of the PBUs into INTs. So I, I yeah. really think, and it, you know, it's not like he needs to get like seven or eight interceptions. Yeah, I, I, just, I think six. he needs to get, yeah, or yeah, I would say like four or five interceptions yeah. for Carlton. That's a great year. If you bring in the 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 status of all right, he's already a shutdown corner and now he's getting the interceptions. Yeah. I think he could generate some buzz to definitely get that uh you know get that Pro Bowl nod that that he's really been looking for. But you mentioned not throwing shade at Carlton Davis, of course, Scott, but you do want privacy and shade when it comes to being comfortable in your own home. And I think the perfect the perfect place to go and do that is with uh Florida Lanai curtains. That's exactly right. We live in Florida because we love the warm weather and, and the two most common complaints about spending time outside of our Florida homes is the lack of privacy where homes are being built on top of each other now with all this new construction. And then the brutal heat of the warmer months, which by the way, it continues into September and October. Lack of privacy and too much sun can drive you inside and keep you away from your, your screened in lanai's and your pools. And in those outdoor spaces that you want to enjoy, that's where Florida Lanai Curtains comes in. They solve both these problems with a privacy on demand patented outdoor privacy curtain system and their custom made screen enclosure shade sales. The flexible installation options and high quality products give you privacy and shade just where you need them. Privacy on demand outdoor curtains are made from the well-known Sunbrella brand of marine canvas. That's what sold me. That's why I've got privacy on demand. Florida Lanai curtains installed at my house around my pool. They're backed by a 10-year fade-free warranty and available in over 100 colors that's going to match the back of your property and it's going to enhance the look and comfort of your outdoor space. Their unique shade sails are made from the solar mesh uh, fabric, which has a 10-year warranty against degradation, and they're built to give you shade and UV protection for years to come. So, folks, if you need privacy or shade like I wanted and you want more freedom to enjoy your outdoor space and your, your lanai and your pool, visit the Florida Lanai Curtains website at lanaicurtains.com where you can find out about their amazing custom products and do your own hassle-free instant online estimate. It's risk-free. Just visit lanaicurtains.com or give them a call at 813-337-2511 to schedule a free in-home consultation well worth the investment. One of the best things I've done for my home. That's Florida Lanai Curtains. Visit them on the web at lanaicurtains.com. We're going to throw some more shade at J.C. Allen here because he has one prediction that's going to make Buck fans upset and I think one that they're going to like. Let's get to them real quick. Antoine Winfield Jr. becomes an All-Pro. I think that's possible, but, but Matt, Mike Evans falling short of a thousand yards. I just don't see it happening unless Mike misses some games due to injury. They're going to get Mike this thousand yards. They always do. Yeah, we've seen it before. The Bucks like work with players to make sure that they hit their incentives and things like that. I think if again, if all the receivers were healthy, sure, I could see that being a struggle because there's only one ball. But with the injuries going on with Godwin, if he's coming back, Julio probably should be on a pitch count. I think Mike gets a bulk of the work done kind of early in the season as those guys get eased along. But I, I think Mike gets it again. Rob Gronkowski returns to the Bucks. J.C. Allen, it's, that's not an inside scoop. That's just a prediction, folks. But let's see if J.C. ends up being right about that. He thinks December is when Rob comes back, when Tom Brady comes calling. And, and don't be surprised if Jamel Dean has a better year than Carlton Davis, says And We appreciate that super chat. Thank you, man. Appreciate all the super chats. As we round out the predictions, and uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in today, Zion McCollum becomes a starting cornerback. Matt, I can see that happening. I think Jamel Dean would have to fall off a little bit, but Zion missed those two preseason games. I think that set him back, the Tennessee game and and the, the, uh, the Colts game after mm -hmm. a pretty good showing outside of one play against the Dolphins. What say you about uh, Gronk and Zion McCollum? Gronk, I just don't see it. I'm more curious than anything because if the tight ends are playing well as a group, if Otten's doing his thing, Cam Brate, if the Bucs are winning and the tight ends are performing well, it's like, are you really going to push that to the side to bring in Gronk, who I get it, he's fresh off the bench and, and he's Gronk, but you still got to like get into football shape and everything like that in December. I don't, I don't know if that really benefits everyone. McCollum, I agree with you. I just, I do think that that hamstring injury 
is going to hold him back. I mean, he still didn't practice last week. We'll see if he's yeah. out or, or Monday, I should say. We'll see if he's out there this week. If, if he has to miss like a little bit more time, um, that's only going to set you back further and further. Right. So I do think it would have to be something where Dean struggles. But even if Dean struggles, like Sean Murphy Bunting is in Sean the competition yeah. for this job. Yeah. So I, I don't see it with McCollum this year, but I do think in future years could definitely do something with this yeah. team. Final prediction from JC Bucks win the Super Bowl. Tom Brady retires. That's the storybook ending everybody wants to see, TB12 included. Does that happen, Matt? I'm not going to rule it out. I'm not going to forecast that it's going to happen uh, this year. I think a lot of things have to go. I've got the Bucks going 11 and 6, winning the division, getting to the playoffs. I'm not about to put a Super Bowl prediction out there right now to start the season, though. What say you? I do think this is Brady's last year, though. Brady makes the Super Bowl like every other year. So he's on pace to make <laughs> it right. this season. So I, I think that's why JLo's getting married too. Isn't that the other thing? Out yeah. There <laughs> yeah. I think that's so, uh, another addition to it. So yeah. if, Thank you, you, if you go by just what he's done his entire career. Yeah. I think the Bucs are going to be back. And I think although the saints have gotten a little bit stronger, you could also argue the Packers have gotten weaker. The Cowboys have gotten a little bit weaker. So the path to, and the Niners don't know what they got with their quarterback situation. Yeah. So the path to the Lombardi Trophy, or at least getting to the Super Bowl, I think is a little bit better than it was last season, even though really? things kind of played out in the playoffs where all they had to do was beat the Rams. But with some of the top teams struggle, uh, you know, on paper, not looking as great mm -hmm. as they were a year ago, I think that helps the Bucs, who only, you know, reloaded with their with their group on offense and defense. The path to Peter Report getting to 10,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel, Peter Report TV, involves you. If you have already subscribed, we appreciate that very much. It helps our algorithm when you hit the like button too in our videos. So make sure that you are hitting the like button on all the Peter Report podcasts, all the great content that Josh, Matt, and Casey put up on our YouTube page. Again, that's Peter Report TV. Make sure you're subscribing. We're just about at 9,200. So help us get to 10,000 sooner rather than later. We always appreciate you, Peter people. We appreciate you all with your super chats today. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, we just take that money, put it right back into the show for better equipment, uh, stuff to take out to our remotes. And, and keep in mind, this Saturday, we're going to be live at Walk-Ons for the Celsius Peter Report Tailgate Show presented by Age Rejuvenation at the Wesley Chapel location two hours prior to kickoff. Come out there and say hi to myself, J.C. Allen, and also John Gilmore, former Bucks tight end. John's a great guy, good friend of mine. And then right after that, of course, is Peter Game Day, brought to you by Celsius Live In-Game Analysis with Matt Matera, Casey Hudson. That's coming your way Sunday, right after the Pewter Report tailgate show. So we also want to invite you to come out tomorrow. Uh, Matt, I, I was really happy with this show. I think this is probably the best Pewter Report podcast we've ever done. The good news, Matt, is we get a chance to do it again tomorrow with our Bucks cowboys game preview at 4 o'clock Eastern. Yeah, we try to get better each and every single day, and that is our plan even though we had the best show of all time today, we're going to have an even better show tomorrow with our Bucks versus Cowboys preview. Can't which, wait. Again, it's we'll game be week. It's, it's game week. week. Let's go. Bucks play this Sunday. So thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. For Matt Matera, I'm Scott. <laughs> for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera. You can be me if you want. I'm 50, <laughs> so you. I'll trade places with you any day, man. That's fine. Uh, anyway, for the two of us, Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening to the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. Congrats to Kyle and Courtney on their engagement.